All right, good morning. Welcome to worship. Glad you're here this day. Good to see everyone. I'm seeing a smattering of green in the crowd. I don't know why. I'll just let that go. There's got to be some reason for green. All right, if you grab your bulletin, some announcements as we get started. Several announcements. I'll try to be as quick as I can. Um, if you're a guest, we would invite you to fill out the blue side of this uh, tear-off portion in your bulletin and put it in the offering plate when it goes by a little later in the service. And then if you would uh, have any prayer requests, put them on the bottom of the yellow side, put them in the offering plate as well. We'll pray for you uh, as we do on our staff times each week. On the back are opportunities for the week. And uh, today we do have Encounter Tonight at 5, Youth and Ensemble and Handbells as well. We've got our Monday, we've got the children's ministry and family ministry teams meeting. So if you're a part of that, come at 7 o'clock. Tuesday, 1030, Women on Mission in the John Bryant Room. And then Wednesday, we do have a full slate of activities. Uh, our Wednesday night supper is chicken, so make sure to sign up for that. Connect groups, uh, Kevin, is yours done? Gretchen's is done. I think Liz's is done. Yeah. So, uh, we are actually going to uh, have our open house the next two Wednesdays and then start on the 25th for our next session of Connect Groups. We're only going to have two studies, one of them everybody in the church to sign up for. It's going to be great. I'm just going to leave that as a teaser. And then the other one is for ladies, which all the ladies should sign up for that one. But they don't have to. Ladies can come to the other one, too. So be ready for our next group of Connect Groups on the 25th, and thank you those who continue to lead those and know God's doing good things in those groups. All right, other announcements. In your bulletins, there is a uh, insert for our Annie Armstrong North American Missions offering. I would invite you to keep this, take care of it, pray for our North American uh, missionaries each day this week, and uh, read about them and the work that they do. And then our church goal is $6,000. So pray about how you can give towards our Annie Armstrong offering. Uh, Sandra, are the envelopes in the... Not until two weeks. But if you do not have an envelope, you can still just memo it, Annie Armstrong offering, and that'll be fine. So envelopes will be out in a couple of weeks, but pray about what you'll give, and let's meet our goal of $6,000. A few other things. Uh, we are having a Finding Value in Your Prime Active Aging event. Lenny and Shirley are... In the back, everybody wave to Lenny and Shirley. This is what we do. <laughs> That's right, Lenny, wave. There, yeah, there you go. Uh, are you two going to be working the tables afterwards? All right, so they have two tables out back afterwards. Find out more about this event. They've got flyers. They've got sign-up sign forms so you can register. You can also register online. It's free to attend, and it's Thursday, April 23rd at 9.30 a.m. It goes, how long does it go? Two, three o'clock? two o'clock and it is free it's going to be over in our FLC and uh, it has all kinds of resources and uh, guest speakers and things to find out what kind of opportunities are in our county for people who are active in that aging event lifestyle Terry asked if she was I don't know what was her question if she was old enough to go I don't know if that's the right question there's 150 places 
and afterwards it is filled and this is open to everyone in the community so we want a good representation from our church so sign up early and make sure you're there so you don't miss out on being a part of that active aging event so they'll be at the tables afterwards go and visit with them and chat it up with them thank you uh remember pastor reuben and his family will be here april 4th through 12th we have a lot of activities for them keep them in prayer as they're excited about coming shortly and then our ladies conference early registration ends today it's 25 dollars. it's for our uh, breathe conference november november march 20th 21st a couple weeks and uh, it's $25 now. After today, it's $35. So there's still room. We'd love you to still go, but I would encourage you to try to get in the form today. Uh, there are forms in the back, and you can turn them into me or Gretchen, or just leave them in, the, in front of the office door in those uh, file folder openings, and we'll get them today. So you only have to pay $25, but God's going to do good things that day or that, that weekend. So please sign up if you're a lady to come. Elf Karen, come on down. Merry Christmas. It's Operation Christmas Child time. And you know, I just got a card this morning that says, faith does not make things easy, it makes them possible. Dear Elf Karen, once again, I have the pleasure of thanking you on behalf of Operation Christmas Child for all the gospel opportunities your church packed in shoeboxes. In 2018-19, over 2 million children, family members, and neighbors made a profession of faith. We got to carry out the Great Commission one shoebox at a time. And that's what you did. That's what you participated in. So again, McCannsville Baptist Church is looking to pack lots of shoeboxes together in the fall. So we're collecting something every month. And in the month of March, we are collecting toys for boys, such as cars and trucks, coloring books, playing cards, balls. Every shoebox needs a ball. Because remember, these boys are ages 2 to 14. So tools are also a wonderful thing for these boxes. Screwdrivers, hammers, nails, screws, tape measures, and flashlights. What age doesn't love a flashlight with extra batteries? Great box. Great box. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're shopping for and bringing in the month of March. And thank you for being part of this gospel opportunity. Thank you. Uh-oh. Flashlight. 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 There we go. Thank you. I wasn't going to take it. <laughs> it is a good one.
1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, yet not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not able. For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos. Are you not mere men? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for entrusting your Holy Spirit within us as your children, as your, uh, as your family. God, we pray that as we follow you, that we do nothing of our own accord, we do nothing of selfish ambition, and that everything we do brings you honor and brings you glory, and we uh, see you work in our midst. So God, as we come before you this day in the service, we pray that everything we do would be centered on you, Lord Jesus, that uh, you would have your way in this place and that you would cause growth to occur. We thank you for your word and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Uh, we give you this service in Jesus' name. Good morning, everybody. Our creatures of our God and King. This is number 11 in the hymnal, and we're going to sing verses 1, 3, and 5 this morning. 1, 3, and 5. Please stand and sing with us.
Keep your hymnals out and turn to page 436 for our responsive reading. Page 436, I'll do the worship leader. Together with Paul, you'll do worshipers. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you for your benefit, who leads you in the way you should go. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Follow the whole instruction the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live, prosper, and have a long life. Help me understand your instruction, and I will obey it and follow it with all my heart. Help me stay on the path of your commands, for I take pleasure in you. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen? This is hymn number 154. Please stand and sing with us. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to see everyone today and all the smiling faces. It's really wonderful to be here, isn't it? Praise God. 
Please join me in prayer at this time for thanks for offerings and tithes. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us this time together. You bless us every day of our lives to be able to just be alive and be able to confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Master. Please accept these tithes and offerings as we give them freely from our hearts and our souls, and please bless them as the blessed are the given. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.
Shall we pray? Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, into your presence we bow on a day that you have given to us with thanksgiving in our hearts. Recognizing, Father, that as we come here, we do so to worship you and to give reverence to your holy name. We're grateful, Father, for each one who has come this morning, both in the early service, in our Sunday school hour, and now in our 11 a.m. worship hour. We're grateful, Father, for the power of your love to redeem us and to lift us up and to teach us and to show us a better way. We pray, Father, this morning for those who have lost loved ones. For we know, Father, it is difficult to lose those we love. And yet we know that you can provide comfort and assurance even in our times of loss. For those, Father, who are ill, we lift them up. Knowing that you are working in their lives to bring about your will for them. We pray, Father, for those who are confined to rehab facilities and who are homebound. We're grateful, Father, that as we pray, we know that you are working in their lives as well. Bring healing and hope and encouragement. We're so thankful, Father, for this church, for the ministries and work of this place. And we pray, Father, that you might help us to seek your will for your congregation of believers. May we, Father, be those people who are willing to risk and to go into the community and to compel people to come, to hear your word, to celebrate the love of Christ, to find salvation. We pray for our missionaries here at home and around the world. We're grateful for their work and for their calling. We pray, Father, that as we give them to you, that you will minister through them in ways, Father, that we cannot, but they go so that they too can share. Bless us, Father, as we open your word, for in your word we find power, and in your word we find instruction and encouragement, and sometimes, Father, even discipline. Open our minds and our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our scripture lesson this morning is found in the sixth chapter of John, verses 1 through 15. Familiar passage to most of us, the feeding of the 5,000. And so we begin reading at verse 1 through verse 15 of chapter 6. After these things, Jesus went over the sea of Galilee, which is the sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that, there, that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. 
Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Have you ever faced the problem of having to feed 5,000 people and the only food you had were five loaves of bread and two fish? No, and me neither. But you have faced problems, right? Problems are part of living in this sin-ruined world. Many of you are facing problems right now, financial, medical, uh, relational. Others of you are not facing problems right now. Things are going along quite nicely at the moment. Thank you very much. But whether you are facing a problem right now or will be facing a problem in the future, you will want to know how to handle the problem in a God-pleasing fashion because that is what children of God want to do. Please the Father. You see, the problem with problems is that they are often perplexing. That's why they're problems. We wonder, first of all, what to do about the problem. Should I choose this treatment or that treatment? Should I get a second job to make ends meet? Should we seek counseling to help us with our relationship? And then there is the nagging question, why is God giving me this problem? As I said, the problem with problems is they are perplexing. This morning, God is going to give us some help in handling problems. You may never have faced the problem of having to feed 5,000 people, but as we watch a group of men who did face that problem, you will see that the secret is to trust Jesus when faced with problems. The feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle of Jesus recorded in all four Gospels. It took place one year before Jesus' crucifixion, shortly before the Passover. The feast of the Passover was celebrated on the first month of the religious year, the 14th day of Nisan. It commemorated the deliverance of the Jews from Egypt and the establishment of Israel as a nation. By God's redemptive act, the people had been delivered. Let's look at this great miracle. First, we see the scene of the feeding of the 5,000. The first thing to note about the problem faced by Jesus' disciples is that, now hear this, Jesus produced the problem. Oh yes, this was no accident. Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Now, I've been on a lot of mountainsides, and usually you're not going to find food unless you're hunting for it. So Jesus deliberately took them to a mountainside. He could have gone to an area near a town where there would be plenty of food, but he didn't. He went up on a remote mountainside. Why? Well, Jesus wanted to produce the problem so that he could use it as a tool to teach his disciples to trust him. Look at the verse 6. But but this he said to test him. Jesus knew what he was attempting to do. 
Keep this in mind when you face your next problem. Now, not all problems are produced by our Lord. Many of our problems are produced by other people. And many of our problems, if we are honest with ourselves, are self-imposed. But there are times when Jesus produces problems in our lives in order to teach us to trust Him. Think about it for a moment. In the Garden of Eden, before sin entered our world, Adam and Eve trusted God perfectly and completely. They did not need to be taught to trust Him. They just did. But once sin entered the world, all people would be born with a distrust of God. God, why are you allowing this in my life? God, you don't care about me. God, you must not be powerful enough to make this go away. God, you don't really love me. So now our Lord needs to use problems to teach us to trust Him when He delivers us from those problems. We see how Jesus, the master teacher, lovingly taught this lesson to his disciples. He could have simply performed his miracle and provided food for the 5,000. But did you notice that he didn't do that? The feeding of the 5,000 took place on a grassy mountainside in the spring of the year near Bethesda, northeast of the Sea of Galilee, probably just after the rainy season because it talks about there being grass there. Bethesda is known also as Bethesda Julius. Matthew said it was a remote place. Great crowds, including people on their way to Jerusalem to attend the Passover feast, came to hear Jesus. He was always popular because of his previous miracles. And it says so there. When Jesus saw the multitude, Mark chapter 6 verse 34 records, He was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. These excited people greatly needed teaching. The crowds had plenty of official leaders, but their rabbis were spiritually bond leaders of the blind. And Jesus knew that the people had needs. He knew that the only way he could continue teaching them was to feed them physically. It's very hard to hear what someone is saying when your stomach is growling louder. And Jesus understood the importance of teaching the people spiritual things by giving them physical things to fill them. The shrewdness of the Savior is seen in the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Some translation says, say, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip said, 200 denarii of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take even a little. One denarius equals in that day probably about 16 cents, so about $32 would not feed the 5,000 plus the women and the children, because you see the women and children didn't count. You know who made women and children count, don't you? Jesus. He was the one that made women count. Read the New Testament story and you will see that very clearly. So there were 5,000 men and women and children. And you can bet if there were 5,000 men, there were at least 5,000 women. And think of how many children there must have been. Because children are everywhere, aren't they, in a big crowd like that. So it was a lot of people. There were more than 5,000. First, he presented the problem to his disciples. 
Philip had his eyes fixed on the tangible and lost sight of the intangible of faith. For when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus was probably sitting on the ground, maybe scratching the dirt with a stick, looking up and rather casually asking the question, Look at all these people. I wonder how we're going to feed them. Do you ever ask, picture Jesus asking you a similar question? Look at all those bills. I wonder how we're going to pay them. Look at all that work that needs to be done by next week. I wonder how we're going to get it done. Look at those medical test results. I wonder how we're going to handle it. Jesus presents us with problems because he wants us to ponder the problem. Jesus certainly presented the problem to his disciples so that they could ponder it. He wanted them to wrestle with it. He wanted them to realize just how impossible the problem was. When he solved it, they could realize just how much they depended on him. John even gives us this insight. Jesus asked this only to test Philip, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. What a comforting thought that is. Jesus already knows what he is going to do with your problems as well. He already has a plan. It is in his hands. Andrew said, there is a boy here. And I bet he said it somewhat sarcastically, don't you? There's a boy here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Jesus replied, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, the scripture says, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. What a problem. The need is to feed thousands of people. Their resources are five little loaves of bread and a couple of tiny fish. Those two do not add The same could be said for the church. There are so many needs and yet we are limited in resources. When our resources do not add up to a solution, we ponder the problem. We are pondering and pondering. We are thinking and meeting and discussing and this is good. This is what God wants us to do. To ponder the problem so that we realize just how much we depend on Him. Did you hear that? He wants us to ponder the problem. He wants us to see how impossible it can be so that we will trust Him. You see, the disciples were helpless to supply food for the 5,000, but the powerful Savior could multiply the boy's meal to feed 5,000. We know how difficult it can be to get in a situation where there's not enough to eat or we fear there's not enough to eat for people, don't we? The supply of the Savior satisfied the crowd. So Jesus produced the problem for His disciples. He presented the problem to them and He allowed them to ponder the problem. Next, Jesus supplied plenty to solve the problem. The supply of the Savior did three things. And we find those in Matthew, what Jesus did. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 19, He looked up. Those who have hungry souls to feed will need to look up often because the bread must come down from heaven. Second, He blessed. 
in verse 19. The disciples could see nothing worthy of special thanks, but Jesus believed that having asked, he had received. Jesus knew that to ask is to receive, to knock, the door will be opened, and ask anything in his name, and it will be given. Jesus blessed or offered a blessing on what he knew was going to come. And the third thing he did, he gave. The one who looks up and blesses will have something to give, but it will not come in the opposite way. It comes in that order. We look up to God. We pray for a blessing. And then we're able to give. But here's the miracle, isn't it? The satisfaction of the multitude is in John chapter 6, verse 12. They were filled. They did, all, they did all eat and were filled. You see, Jesus alone can satisfy the hungry multitudes. Psalm 107, 9 says, For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. The Lord can and is eager to meet every need of the multitude, every need of the individual. Not only, and here's even the better part, not only did Jesus feed the 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two small fish, but His disciples gathered 12 baskets full of leftovers. See, that's the thing that gets me. That's the proof, isn't it? That they were filled. Oh, I've had so much to eat, I couldn't eat another bite. You've said it, I've said it, we've all said it. That's the way this was. They were full. So much so that there were 12 baskets left over. We're going to come back to that in a minute. I had a friend who's passed away uh, in recent years who was always, he was... uh, He was my dad's friend, but that also made him my friend. He was always the slowest eater at the table. We all have one, don't we? You know, I've been used to eating fast all my life. Oh, Tim, slow down, slow down. But he was the slowest eater at the table. And if you ask Cecil uh, to speed it up, he would give you a direct answer. He would say, I'm not going to. And here's why. He said, there was a lot of us growing up, and if you didn't eat fast, you didn't get it. And he said, I vowed then that when I had enough to eat, that I was going to eat as slow as I wanted to eat. I would like to think that these people were eating slow. And they had plenty. Do you suppose Jesus has the power to provide plenty to solve your problem? Do you suppose He has the power to provide plenty to solve church problems? Of course He does. He will provide whatever is appropriate, but we have got to trust Him. We're not going to feed the 5,000. He is. But what is the significance Some wanted to make Jesus king. Do you see that in the last verse we read in verse 15? When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. The crowd, you see, was looking for the wrong kind of king. They wanted to start a revolution and get rid of Pilate and the Roman yoke. Jesus came to be a savior, not a political messiah. Jesus used the miracle to teach in the next chapter that He is what? The bread of life. 
He will provide. Jesus puts problems before us sometimes to settle. But we cannot settle them without Him. Jesus is necessary for the solutions to life's problems. You see, Jesus makes little gifts and uses them. He can multiply what we have and use it and people will be filled. Jesus is sufficient for all emergencies, whatever is appropriate. That is an important part of trusting Jesus when we are perplexed by problems. Trust Jesus to do what is appropriate. Or to put it another way, trust Him to do what is best. You've heard this story many a time, but you cannot hear it enough. The people were filled to overflowing. What did the psalmist say? Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runs over. Perhaps just one more question needs addressing. What about our biggest problem? What about when we face the end of our lives? How do we handle that problem? The same, the answer is the same. Trust Jesus. He has a plan. And he has a purpose for you. And even this problem. As difficult as death is, and it is more difficult as it is most difficult, Jesus has plans for us past death. He has won eternal life for us by His own death and resurrection. He promises that He will raise us from the dead one day. If you are not saved, it is not because Jesus lacks power, nor because there is not enough saving power for all. Because hear this message, the one I said I'd get back to, the twelve baskets left over will be a swift witness against any unbeliever. There is enough for everyone who will trust Him. There is enough. Why will you go away without Jesus? He can meet your deepest needs. He can save you from your sins. Let Him in today. What a beautiful story. Of looking up. Of praying for the blessing. And giving it away. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to trust Jesus enough to ponder our personal problems, our church problems, whatever we may be facing, and say, Lord Jesus, I am going to trust you. You have the answer. You are the one who can fill us. But you know what? We have to be willing to be filled. Andrew took something that he thought was meaningless and probably said somewhat sarcastically. And Jesus produced a miracle that fed many. And if he fed them, he can feed us too. Shall we pray? Father, we are thankful for this problem that we just looked at. 
For out of that problem, Father, we have seen a great miracle and a great message. May we, Father, recognize the message for what it is and determine among ourselves to trust you. We're thankful, Father, for the power of your word. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. The invitation is twofold. One, if you have never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, your opportunity is now. Give yourself to Him. Accept Him as Savior and Lord. And if you have given your life to Him, I would encourage you to examine your life and see, am I truly trusting Him or am I depending on myself? You see... Most of the time when we ponder problems, we leave Jesus out. We take it to a certain point and we've pondered all we can ponder and then we just stop. Never going that one step further and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to make the difference. And he'll do it. But you've got to trust him. Are you doing so? Our hymn of invitation is number 230, the old rugged cross. As we continue our journey through the season of Lent, it's important that we remember where this journey ends. It's important, Father, that we recognize Him and His love for us as we stand and sing hymn number 230.
thank you all for being a part of this service, particularly on the day when you had to spring forward. We were talking about this last week. I didn't see anybody going to sleep either. I sure am sleepy, though. I don't know why. Um, I told someone I woke up at 3.50 instead of 2.50 this morning. So um, anyway, but I'm glad you made it here. We were down a little bit in our first service, I think, and maybe as a result of the time change. But uh, it's, it happens but this way, but once a year, right? So we spring forward once. We'll get it back sometime in November, I suppose. Uh, I will be out a couple of days this week. Uh, I have um, a very dear friend of our family who has passed away. And I have been asked to conduct the funeral. And it's more than a very dear friend. Uh, He was like a second father to me growing up. My dad was a truck driver and was gone most of the time during the week. And so uh, I would, uh, with my buddy Joey, his dad Joe, we farmed all over the side of a mountain um, every day. Uh, You know how boys are. We like to be together and play and we would work. And uh, it was like losing a father. And so I will be gone, probably will go up and spend the night so that I can be with him on family night as well as uh, for the funeral the next day. His name was Joe Manspile. He was 81 years old, and he had Alzheimer's disease. And it was a very painful thing to watch these last several years, and uh, it becomes very emotional for me. So uh, please be in prayer for me. But I just want to let you know where I would be and what I would be doing uh, for a couple of days this week. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we leave today, we know that we do so with the full assurance that we can trust you. We're thankful, Father, that in trusting you, a difference can be made in our lives and in the lives of others as we have witnessed today through the feeding of the 5,000. May we take that trust into a world that needs to hear the message that we can share, a message of hope, a message of salvation, a message of redemption keeping us ever mindful of your grace and of your mercy. In the name of Jesus, amen.